Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Investing with IBD podcast, sponsored by Direction. It's Justin Nielsen here, and it is Wednesday, August 10th, 2022. And joining me, as always, is Arusha Pires, Portfolio Manager at O'Neill Global Advisors. How are you, Arusha? I'm doing well, Justin. Okay, and joining us again on the show, we're happy to have Ross Haber, co-founder and head trader at Trader Lion, and someone who used to be in you know, Arusha's shoes way back in the day. Uh, he was a portfolio manager for William O'Neill. Used to love going on the speaking circuit with Bill, uh, doing a full full day seminar. Bill would be one speaker, Ross would be the other. So that was a lot of fun. Welcome back to the show, Ross. Yeah, thanks for having me as always. Looking forward. Okay. So, and on the show today, we're going to be talking, of course, about the market. We had some CPI numbers come out today and uh, nice market reaction to that. Uh, we'll also talk a little bit about trusting the follow-through day and things that Ross Haber learned from Bill O'Neill directly. And Ross is also going to share a few stocks that are on his radar. So uh, let's get right into it and maybe start with the NASDAQ. Um, what's, what's your take on the market? We had this follow-through day, Ross, on June 24th. Uh, it really kind of seemed like it took it a while to to kind of gain some steam. But, man, here we are. And this this thing seems to be rocking and rolling. What's what's your take? Well, it's not uncommon, as we as we well know. And I would say, especially after a longer, sharper correction that after the market actually puts in its bottom. And unless it's one of these instant V-shaped bottoms, it takes some time for that bottom to form. And while that while we're getting those shakes around and the bottom is being put in, um, it doesn't necessarily make for an easy environment for, um, you know, especially trend trading with all of, you know, and building positions and following up with all of that whipsaw. So, you know, going back to what you said, as far as, you know, Bill is very big and I on don't doubt a follow through day, be consistent with your rules. And listen, that, that can get very expensive. It, went on a bear market, let's say 2000 through almost 2003. So fortunately, I was there for that. I learned that. And so here's the the two big things. Um, you know, I'm constantly watch the leaders, watch the leaders when people that it's funny how many people I've heard say that when I'd ask the question, it always felt like this simple blow off answer. But I really find now that, you know, my it's my um, that process of watching rotation um, that gives me my clue once we have that follow through day. So we had a couple of follow through days prior to this one that didn't work. And there was really no leadership to be found. Um, the last one that we just had, it, it took a while, but I'm going to have to say roughly two weeks ago, that qualitative, there was a, a huge qualitative difference in the health and breadth of leadership, especially in that traditional area of growth. Um, mm -hmm. We crawled towards the end of the market, right? We saw the indexes going down. We saw that energy sector have its last kick, right? The oil and that sort of thing that those stocks finally rolled over, right? And so I would have to say this, <clears throat> the last, so on don't doubt a follow through day, I try to always, like I said, be consistent. And even if it means all I'm putting on is two to three um, small positions, no more than three to 3%. So I'm looking at a six to 9% you know, start to get my feet wet. And if I can't make progress from there, if I don't get instant traction, like what usually happens when things are working well and I get kicked out, that that's kind And let me tell you something, it's gotta, I've really gotta see what I think is the beginning of a qualitative change in leadership. Um, 
with that follow through or for me to even put on some feelers. And that's where I've kind of, you know, because of the volatility, I'm breaking that rule. I wonder what Bill would say. I'd love to ask him because I am. So, and I think I told you guys when I spoke to you earlier. So when I see it happen and the leadership is not doing it for me, you know, I'll, and there's very few, I'll, make pretend buys in my head. And I wouldn't say doing paper trading like that is a good idea if you're just learning, but it gives me an idea if I can, you know, just jot down my favorite three names um, from those traditional areas of growth that I do the best with when, you know, the market's on fire. And if they can only hold up a day, two, maybe three before they come right back in again, not that, in, you know, you're, it's very hard to make progress. I So I know more than likely I'm going to have been kicked out of those names and I'm going to save the, you know, 0.6 to 1.1% bruising, right? That I'm hoping, right? That I, I try and keep myself between a, I don't want to lose a whole lot. I don't want to take more than a half a percent, a percent. Maybe I'll get lucky and make a half a percent or a percent while I'm playing that game. And once the traction comes, it's fast. You, yeah. There's no, it. so I've got it to a point that I let the, you know, I really make the market pull me in this time now. So I would say this, I'm telling you that. So, I've been, so then there's this, my schedule has been super crazy. I haven't been, so even though I've seen that qualitative change and I am not invested at all in the market, not even a little bit, and I should be. So I'm telling you that, you know, however, I think I told you guys, I should have been, you know, had all I've been doing is focusing on the market. I think I would have, there's no doubt that those um, feelers would have been in two weeks ago at least, right? I, ha I had no choice to me two weeks ago based on how I watched the leadership qualitatively. My my everything that, um, you know, sets off my radar went off that says it, you know, and then I would have started very, I never changed it. I'll start two to three small, two to three percent positions. And, and then you get a, you know, once that feel and everything starts to broaden, you can get long pretty quickly. And that obviously will be easier right with experience i didn't go that quickly in the beginning and now so, I've seen so ross so, let, let, let me ask you this so yeah. so where's where's some of the the leadership that uh you're, you're seeing or we're seeing a, a couple of okay. uh, weeks ago just to give you an idea that okay maybe uh this this uh this market was broadening by a little bit well so for me by like that whole medical particularly the right. biotechs had been mm -hmm yelling screaming strength for a couple months already but that's not going to be enough to to attract me with all the volatility and you know one but that continued to broaden and biotech turned into you know then the far some it got broader and broader so now it's genetics pharmaceuticals you know the all of that sort of things i mean you've got that bausch and low i'll just off the top of my head you've got like that little bausch and loam ipo and you know we, right saline solution and contacts all that <laughs> stuff that they do i mean as we discussed before, and one of the names, I mean, the the biotechs and a lot of them don't have earnings, but like the KRTX, KRTXs and KRYSs of the world that are a little wilder, I've had my eye on, but it doesn't keep me away from VRTX and AMGN. And that that's another thing. The, the big, I've seen a lot of big cap starting. So not only joining these, you know, the Amgens, the REGNs, the, you know, the BMYs, if you look now in semiconductor area, you're seeing a whole resurgence there, you know, PLAB, KLAC on that big, big cap side, some of the, you know, more um, mid cap growthier names, you got GFS, PI, um, 
just off the top of my head. I'm, you know, okay. so so just bi biotechs. So, so yeah, biotech, biotech semiconductor oh, a little bit. Yeah, semiconductor a little bit, kind of coming off the bottom here. Uh, and, and, software coming off the bottom. So that yeah, whole technology thing. Off. So semiconductors, a little bit of the yeah. software in that software. You've got some newer, early up the right side kind of things like a Duolingo, yes. a GitLab that. I think we mentioned BRZE last time we were talking. That's not making a whole lot of progress. Mm -hmm. Samsara, IoT, UDMY, stuff like, uh, you know, I've got my eyes on stuff like that coming up the right side that's new that still has some potential. Um, and then there's a lot of the stuff that's just, uh, you know, I, I, I don't want to blast you with the list. So I see technology broadening. I see medical health care, what have you, broadening. Um, and then a lot of the stuff that uh, is the the new cores, the STLDs, you know, the right, metal, yeah. some of the oil, some of the ags are also coming back. You've got transportation, trucking, airlines, right? Mm -hmm. So you got Bank of America and Goldman Sachs now pushing up above those averages. Um, you know, so to me, before we had very, you know a couple here, a couple there. Now we've got we're broad enough and wide enough that I could see from here. Do I believe? Um, an uptrend is sustainable from here. I don't mean it's going to be sustainable straight up from here, but I don't right. think at this point, I think, yes, we could bounce around, but I, I'd be surprised to see us undercut that low. You know, well, so, okay, you definitely, and kind of just talking about all these different industry groups and sectors, uh, definitely seems like an improvement in breadth, but they're they're really in different positions in a lot of cases. You know, you mentioned mm -hmm. like the the semiconductors and some of the computer software, which I mean, some of these are just getting back above their 200 day moving average lines. Right. And then on the other hand, you've got, you know, some of the defensive names like Hershey, which is super exciting. Right. You know, I mean, <laughs> that's like, you know, your classic pattern, you know, and, and yeah. some of those catalogs and post, um, you know, th those are kind of in in your classic patterns with the relative strength. That's higher, right, and then right. you know, again, you've got a lot of the biotechs as you mentioned, not just the 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 thin the thinner names and the more volatile speculative, but those big ones. Um, but some of those have started getting into trouble. Uh, Eli Lilly just right, you know right. crossed under its 50-day moving average line this week. Uh, so, is is there a rotation happening here? What should people be looking at? Should they be looking more at those bottom those bottom fishing ones? Because that seems um, like what a lot of the strength has come off of. There, you know, we you, we can talk. So ALNY is another one that's out of position that just blasted up the right side now. But that kind that I'm keeping an eye on for a buy point, right? That's to me a huge institutional blast of volume and demand. There, I think there's a lot that's just already broken out and left already. And so yeah. I'm excited to see a lot of this stuff off the bottom, building those right sides with the early demand because this. I want, this is where I guess I'm hoping that I'm hoping to see the rotation eventually make it right. So, yeah, D-U-O-L, not that is that is not something I would have even had on my watch list, you know, let's say prior to 2010. But now off the bottom, along with, you know, that group work. So it was another one of those IPOs that kind of got smushed down by, you know, when it came out as the market was not doing so well. And so I've got my eyes on a lot of, you know, stocks like that, that I think may have potential coming up the right side as, you know, the bigger ones have already, you know, started to go. So I guess the question is now, I mean, we've, we've come off the bottom quite a bit and, you know, made a lot of progress. Um, we still haven't gotten the market back up to the 200 day line yet. And, you know, some of the, some of the indexes were kind of pausing at their June highs. Uh, the NASDAQ was kind of the first to break above it. So, 
is it is it too late now? Uh, did, did you kind of miss I, miss you know, the entries? I go with what Bill says, right? We're buying the leaders. We're not buying the market. You have, I've noticed on some of my some of my best days are on big down days in the mar market. Sometimes every you know I had a great day today, whoever it may be on an up day, and I lost money. Um, so just because the market may be extended, focus on on the leadership that group because the market could be extended and it doesn't have to yank back in. It can work its way sideways or drift in as you know. So rotate. You know, it's ultimately, you know, what Bill always says, you need at least two or three um, solid industry groups, preferably with a fundamental theme driving those groups higher, breaking out of early stage bases. And then you need at least that, right, it, according to him, to sustain that uptrend. And then you hope that it gets broader behind. So to me now, you know, it's gotten broad. I mean, all the way, you know, like I said, from transportation to the financials kind of joining, even though that's not the way. Um you know, those aren't the stocks that we would buy, not that it's not the way. Um, and I would also say this, a little bit of sentiment from that, from the point we saw that 9.1 CPI, it did the market rally, right? We've, we're through earnings season, market's gone more or less pretty straight up. Most of the S&P 500's already reported. So bad news has been kind of being, has been ignored. We're pushing, you know, and stocks that typically... It's not surprising to see finally Goldman Sachs, Bank of America, you know, blasting off the bottom through some long term averages in a rising interest rate environment. But look at the residential home builders. They've rallied the last, you know, since the bottom, since the market bottomed right before the follow through day. So I not that I'm interested in buying any of those, but I watched, you know, DHI, LEN, those stock in, an, in a high, <clears throat> high you know, infl inflationary environment where the Fed is jacking rates, 75 basis points, 100 basis points. That's, I've never seen that before. It used to be 25 basis points this meeting, maybe 25 the next meeting, the next meeting, nothing. Yeah. Then 50 basis points you used to send the futures into lock limit. Now I've never seen 70, 75, 175 basis points in two meetings. That used to be eight or 10 meetings. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, uh, chances are you, you, none of us probably saw CPI at nine, though, too. We were a little young to have that matter for us. Yeah. And so, we, yeah, so, you know, the rising interest rates crush earnings and not to mention that, you know, the builders that those. So when I see, you know, all of these things pushing up despite, you know, so now I, I like it. It's like the wall of worry. I had my friends call me, yes, you know, this happened. Can you believe this happens? I'm like, does it, does it make you scared about your stocks? Or he's like, yeah, I'm like, perfect. Right. <laughs> the bottoms happen as the news is the worst. Right. So That's I was true. actually yeah. really happy yesterday. One of my buddies called me panicked, you know, so. So the more panic phone calls you get, the. the I do. I like it now. Because, yeah, <laughs> as long as the panic phone calls come along with what I consider broadening leadership. I mean, I can give you the AMLX, ACLX, PLRX. The, those are your risky little biotech names. But I mean, to me, that's your strongest group, RX, yes. So I'm watching these things early up the right side. And, you know, there's a ton of them. I mean, I listen, I'd be happy to uh, clean up my uh, watch list and send you a spreadsheet to share. It's my pleasure. Okay. Well, <laughs> when we come back, we're going to get into a little bit more of the the kind of the details and the big overview of how you handle the follow through days and what, what the kind of ideal situation is for you and why it's so important to trust those follow through days. Stay tuned. We'll be right back.
The Direction Hydrogen ETF offers exposure to the top 30 pure play hydrogen economy companies by largest market capitalization, leading the way towards net zero emissions by providing more accessible, efficient, sustainable solutions across five hydrogen-related sub-themes. With clean hydrogen-based energy expected to grow five times in the next 30 years, companies building hydrogen-related businesses to generate power, heating, transportation, and more will likely thrive. And welcome back to the Investing with IBD podcast sponsored by Direction. It's Justin Nielsen here along with my weekly guest, Arusha Pires. And our special guest this week is Ross Haber, co-founder and head trader of TraderLine. So, Ross, you, you kind of got into this uh, a little bit with the current market. Um, you know, this whole idea of the follow-through day. It's, it's not just about the follow-through day itself, but it's also about having that uh, merchandise to buy. So... Talk a little bit about what you've learned, you know, through your many years of trading now and how much emphasis you put on the follow through day itself and all of these other indicators. Uh, that's a great question. And I would say this. I look at the follow through day that <clears throat> we up at least X, you know, 2%, 1.7%, whatever you want. Volume's got to be bigger between day four through seven whatever we all know that so that's the what that's the quantitative part of the equation we can all learn that and once we learn it and you'll never miss that but the problem <clears throat> with the follow through day is while they've shown up before every major you know bull market or uptrend in history not every follow through day leads to a new bull market some fail so the difference between the ones that fail and don't fail come down to the health and breadth of the market's leadership. That's your qual, you know, the qualitative side. So I think um, the market follow through day is just that actual follow through day that we saw. I think what was it a fifth day follow through on the, the Nasdaq and S and P 500. Leadership was very tough to be found. I mean, my watch list was near, you know, its low um, right. number of names for the year, and what was on there was pushing it. I mean, I think there were, you know, I, I do a report once a week. I try and have, you know, 10 focus stocks. There were times where I had one or two at the top and I, and that was just so I had, and I, I and it wasn't even buy these stocks. It was, this is where I would begin a watch list. Right. And these aren't, you know, so we've gone from that um, to a big, you know, a big, from what I, the way I follow things, qualitative change in leadership, especially the breadth or not seeing a whole bunch of, uh, traditional leaders in that perfect spot, you know, within 15% of, you know, we're still very early, but there's a huge difference between what's on my watch list now and what mm -hmm. was on my watch list. So it's that qualitative half that has to be there. So, yeah. Um, so it's, so, so Ross, I'll, I'll just jump in yeah. here. It's, so it is really kind of the underneath the surface. You're seeing that strength, it is. right? It is. But so, so one thing that, and, and we've all gone through this, and I, I know I'm, I'm assuming a lot of the listeners or a number of the listeners out there have gone uh, go through this too. Uh, when you have a few failed follow-through days, right? And so we've had four, I think, this year that mm -hmm. have failed. How do you keep that faith, right? That you keep kind of that objectiveness. Yeah. You don't let the history, the recent history affect you. How, how do you keep that faith uh, and say, you know what? It is another fall through day. Let me start you know, building up that watch list. Let me start taking those small positions. You know, even though those other four times I did it and I just kept getting nicked and nicked and nicked. I try. Yeah. So I'm I try to keep it as close to. Uh, 
card counting as I can, like the rules. Okay. So that hot deck, I guess my my hot deck rules. So we've got a follow through day, and obviously the quality of the follow through day matters when it happens, that sort of thing. But at the end of the day, if you gave me, I'd rather have a week follow through day with leaders that are, you know, making me want to get long before it even like I. I'm telling Ray, hey, Ray, we're going to follow through. I know, look at the leaders. Right. Yeah. We've been in those cases. And that in that same that in that same fashion manner, <clears throat> we get a we could have a super massive follow-through day. And I go, Yeah, well, we also have some of the sharpest rallies during bear markets. And if there's no stocks to buy, I'm not just gonna buy something, you know, that I normally wouldn't. I've tried and it, I've tried it. So unless I see those can slim style stocks, those growth stocks that I cons would consider on my watch list as, you know, a follower, as a trend following trader, as a, you know, I'm an avid follower of Bill O'Neill. I've changed it very, very little. Mm -hmm. I've changed nothing. It's my perspective on it, right? Everything I do is within that. I've just started buying early up the right side, right? So yeah. that's something that I did or that I developed over time. And again, to help me manage risk. So back to the follow through days, I digress, right? So I have really limited, so A, I have to see the merchandise like Justin was saying. And when I do, I start very, very small. I will find two or three stocks. They've got to have that optimal risk reward. I will not chase. I will not push something because I feel like, you know, the guy over here and the guy over here is already up 14%. Oh my gosh, I've been doing everything. I don't want to, you know, um, and if the stocks aren't there, if I can't manage risk optimally, there's no trade. So, and then when I do, it's going to be two stocks, two to 3%. So I'm, I'm risking no more than six to 9% of my capital across two or three stocks. And I wait from there. And uh, if I get that immediate traction and the breadth noticeably continues to, you know, grow, broaden, then it's very easy to get long fast. You know, though I let, I forced... But if all, you know, those um, those stocks immediately kick me out. And I think, like I was saying before, sometimes if I'm not sure, I'm like, eh, we're still on the borderline. Markets at a really iffy place. Leadership's at a really iffy place. But I really don't, I'm not sure. And I don't want to um, ignore my rule. We had the, so I will, you know, you've got to be willing to take some risk. But I keep it very limited until the market gives me that confirmation that it's going to help me. It's going to help me when I slip, right? Right, yeah. And, and and to to that end, I mean, there were some of these stocks that were, um, you know, at least climbing up on their right hand sides. But there's a number of these COVID plays that still look pretty awful. Uh, I mean, they they, they might have yeah. come up a little bit off their lows, but uh, they they still look very volatile and very damaged. You know, eighty yeah. percent off their highs. So how do you uh, make a distinguishing characteristic between those that are maybe done and those that have the opportunity to come back though yeah so those seemed for me have already seen whatever that that excitement that initial push and have fallen apart now after that giant decline i just have no interest especially given given how great that overall group is and how low i mean they're just laggards period i don't even have them on my mm -hmm. do you know what i mean um so there's i guess the newer ones well, it's going to come down to what, you know, also what stage base are we in? Are we in that uptrend? I mean, for a lot of the stuff that I am looking at early off the bottom is typically newer stuff that didn't have, um, didn't really have a chance to get going. Let's say uh, in the beginning, a lot of them IPO'd right as the market was starting to get heavy, November, December. 
And, uh, you know, I just go back to all of the learning from Bill where he talks about so many situations where a heavy, a heavy market weighed on a, you know, a really right. good stock. And <clears throat> so I'm just trying to give these newer names, especially stuff outside of biotech that has earnings and groups that are improving that benefit, you know, that I'm watching that in, in my rotation. So not only am I looking at, you know, the ones that are proper, like the PLAB, one of the first chip stocks to break out again, KLAC, you know, high quality institutional liquid aim. Um, <clears throat> yeah. So, I mean, it, it, that does make that, I think that's an interesting kind of distinct. Uh, so there's, yeah, so it's, yeah, there's those, so I'm playing both. So I'm looking, I'm watching those, the CDNSs or the, you yeah. know, the ones that are higher up in their pattern. And then I use that. And then I'm, I want to see what, as those get extended, where is that money going to go in the same sector or group? And it usually mm -hmm. goes to those early. I guess it's an observation I've made. I have not done research on that. I wouldn't put it in a book, but it seems like that, right? So I want to see when the money start, when profit taking happens on the chips and the stuff that went out first, where is it going? And so to me, I'm watching those early up the right side, off the bottom, especially if they've had that huge volume spike you know, somewhere near the bottom or as they're coming up the right side. And you're right, though, a lot of them may still be 40, 50, 60 percent. But it the seems like you're focusing more the right up the right hand side on the newer merchandise. Yes, more yes. the old versus the cold stuff is stuff not that. Done. Yeah. So I think that is a really that's a difference, right? That, yeah. Yes, yeah, that yeah, is so, the difference. If it's not yeah. new, if it's already had its day, I'm not, you know, right. so I don't I don't care about if Datadog and all of that, the, the names that have had their runs in that yes. software group. Yeah. I'm not saying it's a crowd. Who knows? Maybe a few of those names come back, but they're going to have to show me a, a much more of a reason than something new or something that came out in that same area that got, you know, pushed down while the market was heavy and it just had no chance. That's now, you know, starting to show big accumulation up the right side. And obviously even better if it has you know, earnings, that sort of thing. You know, I don't I don't put anything on my, you know, weekly newsletter that isn't can slimmerific. I'm not and it, it is that important. If you're building positions, those earnings have got to be there. If you're not seeing any earnings, you know, these are a lot of these are performance enhancers. If I showed you what I yeah, and I didn't do, but the kind of you want to see the the kind of thing I was uh sad that I missed because I was so busy, HKD through a hundred. And then there were a couple spots and I just was so busy. I couldn't bother watching it, but you know, I'll see a stock like that and just talk about performance enhancers. I'll see that after the first day, I'll put that on a three minute chart. And as long as it's liquid and pumping, you'd be, you know, so that I, so, you know, I do, you know, that is way outside the rules, but sometimes that, you know, so, so, yeah, so we're at that point. I do believe um, we've seen you know, there's a huge qualitative. The, the the way leadership looks now compared to the way that it looked three weeks ago, three weeks ago, there was no way I, I was still eh, I'm not worried. Now I'm I'm you know, I'm starting to sweat a little that I didn't follow my rules two right. weeks well, ago. So, Russell, so let's go back to the HKD because sure. you're, you're seeing this. All right. So obviously tons of speculation there. Right. Right. Now, right. You, uh, in the last few days, you saw a number of those meme stocks going. Does that kind of speculation concern you? Or are you taking that into account that, wait a minute, that it's almost like it was back in early 2021. <laughs> the pendulum swung back. Just, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so are we back in that speculative uh, for, uh, season again? 
I don't know. You know, I guess that bothers me more. I think if we're at the end of a cycle, right? As, mm -hmm. as we've already seen a bunch of stocks move, we've already made a, a bunch of progress. Um, I don't know what that means as we're trying to, you know, build the bottom and finally come up there. You know, like you said, we're still below the 200 day on all the averages. The one thing I pointed out, I think in my letter over the weekend is if you look at the, the one that's through its declining tops line, if you start at the very high end, you finally got the Russell up through there, right? Which is encouraging. Mm -hmm. So now you, it's that, you know, it's a very simple thing I want to watch. Is, is the NASDAQ and S&P 500 going to follow the Russell up through there? lines or are we going to have you know which would be a confirmation of that divergence or are they going to roll over and then you know you get the fail so that's something i'm watching as well um yeah there you go that line so the other three haven't done it yet down nasdaq s p so i want to see a, a confirmation there so that's my first um now i don't know i haven't drawn the line on all of them maybe on one of the three that line will finish above the 200 day i'm not sure um, but that's roughly what I'm, I, that's my next two big spots in line, that declining tops line where the Russell is taken out and then that 200 day moving average, which you can see whatever that was there is, you know, it, right on top of it. Right. Um, now let's just kind of take the step back to the big picture, uh, macroeconomic, how much of that picture um, weighs into your decision making. Uh, I mean, I know there have been so many times where, you know, if you if you kind of look at all of the things that could go wrong and all of the things that look ugly, uh, you'll never invest, you know, at the right, right time. Right. So um, are, are you looking at, you know, any of the macroeconomic factors? I mean, again, between recessionary fears, uh, a Fed that is, you know, still hiking in a hiking cycle, um, you know, you still have the war in Ukraine, you know, a lot of these things that you know, have been concerns, they haven't gone away. So right. how, how much does that kind of factor into your decision making of that it, qualitative nature? It does, well, that that all comes down to sentiment, right? So mm -hmm. contrarian sentiment, I guess, is is what we look at as can slim or well, I mean, I guess anybody could look at it. But I guess there's some that we look at in particular that that line up well on a sentiment basis, right? So I think as we were discussing before, the news is always worst at the bottom. Right. And so we've seen, despite that, you know, the crazy inflationary numbers and the Fed raising rates at a rate that, I, you know, at a pace that I've never seen. Um, and like you say, the war in Ukraine hasn't ended and all of these things were definitely what everyone was looking at as the market was, you know, coming straight down. So I think it says a lot now that you've got the market rallying you know, even 9.1 didn't shake the market. You know, that 9.1 CPI didn't do it. The Fed raising rates at 75 and 100 basis points of clips, not doing it. The fact that the, you know, the Ukraine war is still and we just keep on rallying. Right. We've had most of the S&P 500 report now earnings season. So most of that's out of the way. So, the, you know, I told I, I did we speak about this earlier or earlier in the show. I had one of my uh, a close friend of mine who's in the market call me up bit panicked yesterday over news and i'm mm -hmm. like perfect right i want that's exactly what we want to so the wall of worry i think is 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 i'm looking at that as a wall of worry now so now as i watch negative news come out and the market really unfazed i love seeing that yeah. i don't i don't um I, so you know we haven't even seen it start to get good at you know the news become positive as the market's going higher which i guess eventually happens if we the uptrend continues right so mm -hmm. 
But right now, the, the stocks are telling you that uh, it, are, it's looking forward past all of that. I don't know what it's looking at. Um, I mean, the fact that the builders, you know, there are which are pretty sensitive to interest rates, like I said, it's amazing. Those are going up with, you know, Goldman Sachs and uh, Bank of America, which at the same, you know, those you would expect to go up on rising interest rates. The builders, not so much. Right. So. It's funny how sometimes, you know, you, you see the technical action and then you found, find out the why so much later. <laughs> the why is always later. So that's why that whole watch the leaders, watch the leaders. Yeah. So you want to know if the market's going to retake the 200-day moving average? Watch the leaders, right? So yeah. I mean, really, that if the leaders lead the indexes, not the other yeah. way around, right? So Very good point. Well, on that note, we're going to take a look at some of the leaders that are on Ross's watch list right now. Uh, he already went through a number of them, but we'll go into some more details. Uh, stay tuned. We'll be right back. The Direction Hydrogen ETF offers exposure to the top 30 pure play hydrogen economy companies by largest market capitalization, leading the way towards net zero emissions by providing more accessible, efficient, sustainable solutions across five hydrogen-related sub-themes. With clean hydrogen-based energy expected to grow five times in the next 30 years, companies building hydrogen-related businesses to generate power, heating, transportation, and more will likely thrive. And welcome back to the Investing with IBD podcast, everybody, sponsored by Direction. It's Justin Nielsen here, along with Arusha Pierce, my weekly guest, and Ross Haber, co-founder and head trader at Trader Lion. Uh, he's already thrown out a number of stocks, but let's go ahead and dig a little bit deeper into some different areas. And uh, why don't we start with one that we've uh, been, been watching for a while here, uh, Cadence Software. The ticker symbol on this is CDNS. Uh, this is one where... You know, when we were talking about that, the, the stocks that have set up and, you know, kind of got above their 50-day and 200-day lines first, uh, Cadence Design was was among them. So what, what are your thoughts on this one, Ross? It's, just way, it's one of your more um, classical situations right now, I guess, in, in the tech arena. You've got... Um, so design, so I'm, I'm drawing a blank on what the... Uh, the other company is that does pretty much the exact same oh, thing. Synopsis, uh, SN, yeah, SNPS. There you yeah, go. Yeah. Thank you very much. So, but anyway, this one's got, you know, it's got the phenomenal earnings, you know, that weekly chart to me, you know, base on base action right there. Nice. So even though, you know, on a daily chart, it might seem a little extended right up near that high. We've got, you know, we're building a little handle there. If I'm not mm -hmm. mistaken, it's hard for mm -hmm. me to, uh, to, it's a little small <clears throat> what I'm looking at, but uh, yeah, I mean, it's just, one that has been coming up as a, and obviously first, because you can see relative to where the market is and a lot of the other names that I've thrown out there, which are, you know, as much as 40 to 60% off their highs. This one is um, a proper base breakout that you would read about in, you know, Bill's book. So that was, that's why it's on here. It's been a proper steady chugger. It's got the confirmation in the group. And so, you know, if there were you could have bought it early up the right side but there's nothing wrong with it here it can go on it, as we well know we could we, you know on that weekly chart we i always look back and see the kind of run it had prior and assume that that will be what it does going forward until it doesn't so yeah, ross right. where where would have been a good place for you to buy it if it was coming up the right hand side there you go right there that declining tops right okay. that perfect and so if the volume is you know yeah that that will get me in, especially if, if that's the only stock in the group. No, but if I see the whole group doing it and the synopsis okay. moving along with it, so yeah. it, uh, it can't just be the only stock, right? Okay. It, I don't care how it looks. It yeah. can't be alone. 
Now, you know, I, I actually, that's exactly where I was thinking of buying it. And I didn't pull the trigger because it had earnings, you know, coming up in just a few days. How do, how do you handle earnings, Ross? If I love a chart, I will, I will risk buying it. As, I don't think I'll buy it the day before. It's too much, but two or three days before, okay. if I feel like it looks like it can give me, you know, and what I do, yeah, I want to look in and see, you know, the expected move, what, um, but anyway, if I, yes, I would options market. exactly, exactly. And it, it's rarely you'll get lucky enough that you get a big enough move to actually hold through earnings two or three days later. But right. sometimes you will get, you know, if the stock is setting up and, you know, it'll frustrate you like crazy. It breaks out into earnings and then it gets all extended afterwards and you waited and you missed it. So there are those times if I can manage risk really tightly and I love a stock and it's got that powerful look to my eye. I'll buy it two or three days before just to, you know, I'll buy it, you know, if it's two days before a day going in and uh, it depends where I am, if I'm, are you with me? So it's just, I play it by ear, but yeah, I, I will play them that close, um, you know, a week before now I've got more time if it's a really good looking chart and if I'm wrong, I'm wrong, right? I'm with, it's gotta be something to go. I'm willing to be wrong. Um, I'm limiting myself. It's almost like an option, right? Cause I'm not holding it if I'm flat. Or down a little into okay. how, how much do you have to be up? It's gotta it's gotta be it's gotta at least be more than that um expected expected thing. okay got it okay right um, yeah. other yeah otherwise I'm taking profits into it or if I'm close maybe I'll keep half right I play that you know yep, yep. and it was tough because I, again I think I think what you're saying basically is you know when it depends on where you're at in terms of Hey, are, are you making progress for the year? You know, you can get a little bit more aggressive when you're playing with house money. And uh, for me, you know, at, at that time, I wasn't playing with house money. So it was kind of oh. like, oh, and then I just watched this thing go up without me. Now, now we had kind of uh, arguably a handle up here and today looked like a breakout, but man, it just uh, reversed and right. kind of closed at the lows. Does that, does that bother you? It does. It does. Mm -hmm. You know, but I, I've seen enough, to, you know, it, it's not going to bother me until it actually, you know, breaks. And it's also why it, what's made me a huge fan of the, the early entry, right? So yeah. what I like to be doing up here is adding and then maybe pyramiding my final position on at the breakout where I used to begin, right? Right. So that that's my goal. Um, and then if you're wrong up here, you, you've got a little house money to play with. But otherwise, then you've got to keep it tight, right? So when you're, you're, you're ideally, right, you, you the scary part is like most the, the average, you know, human nature goes, wow, that's already had quite a push up there. I, right. We all know we'd rather buy something and there's a, a, quite a bit of air, but you've just got to operate within logic. What do I call it? Um, tight logical sell stops. You, can't, you don't want a tight sell stop. Oh, I'm only going to lose 3% that, you know, and I can't see here. I don't know. Is there, I believe the 10 days right underneath it, right? Yeah. This is the 10 yeah. day. Yep. So, you know, I'm going to pick, somewhere in there whether it be a shorter term moving average or here let me pull it up on my screen yeah if you um, it's like two percent a prior yeah. uh, you know or a prior price level um but i'm just going to keep you know to that right uh, you know in and around that um 10 day moving average if that's too far i'll look for some but it's got to be very manageable um okay. for something if i if i feel like i'm getting in up here and yeah it's all it would take is one um you know, bad day in the market or bad day for software stocks to make me sorry that I started too big. So that's always, the, you know, in my mind, I wouldn't put on a full 
20 or 30 percent position of CDNS here, I'd you know be working my way in as I as it continued to hold short-term moving averages and continue higher or whatever it needed to do for my trade to still be in effect, right? And then I try. So this is a way that I, I haven't bought any early. Um, I'm watching here. Maybe I'll, depending on how it acts, if it were to start to make a flag really light volume um, and it's closer to it, you know, my, I might start anticipating the breakout as long as I can buy very close to that 10-day. Are you with me? And yeah. I don't, um, you know, forget earnings. I don't know where earnings are on this thing all of that stuff out of the way I'm basically so if it's a stock that i feel like i have to own i'm going to figure out a way to you know work my way in there and hope prep hoping that i can get something on before it breaks out if that's what's gonna so yeah today's failed breakout is not um super exciting especially on a stronger day in the market but i've also seen that i can't tell you how many times i've run away from a stock like that and it's fine so yeah. I, and maybe talk a little bit about the fundamental it. story. Um, you know, like not not the story, but the yeah. the numbers. You know, this is one where, you know, it's got a twenty four percent EPS growth rate with an earning stability of three. You know, so meaning very stable earnings. Right. Um, very unusual, actually. That kind of right. Yeah, you usually don't yeah. see uh, that low of a stability number, meaning it's very stable right. and that high of an EPS growth rate. Um, right. Uh, is the fundamentals coming into this uh, picture at all, or are you just really kind of focused on the technicals? Oh no, the fun. I mean, that wouldn't get, the fun. It wouldn't make it on my. Uh, you know, that's from top ten as well. It wouldn't make it on there if it wasn't for the fundamentals. I won't. Hmm. I, I have a section where I will put on the stuff that's off the bottom without earnings, but that yeah, no, that's definitely fun. You know, the one that you could say doesn't have the fundamentals is some of those biotechs, but no, right. that. I, you know, if I'm going to build a position in anything, unless it's a biotech where I know exactly how my risk is managed, I got to have those triple digit earnings. I, it's very hard. That's what gives me, I'm not a fundamental analyst. I don't run, you know, spreadsheets. I don't talk to um, the street. I'm not talking, I'm not on conference calls. So You're not modeling valuations. Me, uh, but yeah. I did do enough, right? I did do enough studies there and on my own to give myself the cut that's the fundamental like the for me to have that confidence to to sit in a, in a position it's got to have those earnings and it's got to be or you know it's got to have everything going forward it's got to be the whole nine from early stage the earnings the sponsorship and otherwise i'm it's going to be very easy to scare me out i'm not going to be able to hold a 30 or 40 percent position without right. it well, to that end, uh, you know, on the biotech side, a lot of us have been looking at VRTX, but why don't we take a look at KRTX? This is Karuna Therapeutics. And uh, yeah, you look at the numbers here and it just doesn't have them. So what is it about <laughs> you? What is it about this that attracts you? And again, when you're managing risk with, with something like this, how deep into, you know, with the biotech, how deep into the pipeline and how much, you know, I guess how many things they have in the pipeline. Right. So, that so if bad numbers come out on a clinical trial or an FDA approval doesn't get out there, I mean, how so do you manage risk when something gaps time. down? Right. That's the major. Anytime I've lost mega money and a big gap down overnight has always, you know, blown up my account early on. Biotech, however, yeah. they are, they're also what allowed me, I think, to do, you know triple digit gains for three years in a row, you know, during that time as well. So, and I've also learned 
you know, so yes, you're right. Clinical trials, FDA, PDUFA dates, or Oppenheimer decides to have a healthcare conference that you had no clue about because you're not a Fed and, you know, healthcare analysts and the company has uh, their, their field day, share and show and tell, and you didn't know. And next thing you know, you're down 75% on that. So there is that. And it had, yeah. There is that, he says casually. (laughs) If you're, you've got, so I, I, and I've been caught, um, not a lot, but I've been caught by that. I've learned the hard way what, what to be aware of. So yeah, I do my best to look for all of those things. I, I fortunately, I'm still very close with my um, old healthcare analyst from okay. Finity Capital. So if I'm ever unsure, I always call Scott and have him help me out. So that's, I guess, a little bit of unfair you know, there, because not everyone can call Scott, right? But but I will say this, is what Bill said, and it's, it's you couldn't, you can't go, it makes life really easy. And, you know, the guy, he's, he's got it figured out. If you just stick with the two powerful biotechs that have the earnings, you don't need the other ones. And if you're going to do the other ones, make sure they're performance enhancers. So a lot of the stuff, so, you know, like a lot, well, I will use, I will start it maybe early up the right side as quote, the performance enhancer looking to maybe just swing trade it totally bail if I'm wrong, because I'm early, right? There's that much more resistance that I'm dealing with. That's just a fact. But sometimes, you know, when I'm right, you know, I'm learning at, you know, as time goes on, it's been, I've been doing it, I guess, now since 2004, you know, as my size got to a point where I had, I couldn't just buy breakouts, you know, base breakouts anymore. Um, Yeah. So let's go ahead and wrap this up with uh, a look at solar, because that's been another area where uh, a a group move. I mean, this this group has moved up to uh, the, the, the top, you know, the top spot in the in the industry group out of 197 so we'll take a look at first solar because a lot of us have been looking at Enphase and um some of the chinese names but Mm -hmm. uh first solar uh had had earnings not too long ago and that popped it right there above the 200 day line what is it about this one that you're you're liking i just love that power up the right side the big push huge volume all the gaps um like bill o'neill teaches at his workshop that's just that sign of power to me says figure out a way to get in that one Mm -hmm. um as opposed to and i'm watching it let's say a dq that you know looks all nice and pretty and tight but why isn't it going with everything else enph and fslr and 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 arry that's the thing that bothers me about let's say it's a dq so i'm would rather keep an eye on an FSLR or an ARRY or even that ENPH still and look to get into something with that. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I think the, the weekly chart, especially, I mean, the weekly charts are always, you know, you always want to start off with a weekly chart, but it, it puts it in perspective when you look at a first solar uh, or even a KRTX. So you can just see those skyscraper type of volume coming yeah. into it, especially after the earnings reaction, you have the big earnings gap there. And so, kind of like what you're saying now find a way to get into it when it's when it settles down right and krtx also i love the chart i loved the chart i never touched it up that and i'm watching biotech explode krtx starts to go on volume it's almost yeah. the risk reward at that point it, it you have to do it and i didn't and trust me i wish i had had the time and i was there to pay attention so you know that's one i'm kicking myself for i mentioned hkd i did that that's for fun that i yeah, yeah. i i watched that would i trade that absolutely that's definitely not something i'm recommending <laughs> i said that just so you know more for but a krtx is you know is something i'm kicking myself for not owning any of 
Mm-hmm. So, get, now, so getting back to the the first solar, I mean, mm-hmm. what what are the, some of the other characteristics you see here that that you like? It is built on the right hand side of the base. It's very right. powerful. So the, but what it's other stuff? The group, man. The, it, when I see yep. the group, that biotech move, the solar move, and a lot of times I'll see solars going, and maybe it'll be one or two, and then the group. This is like the most powerful group move where you're just you know along. And we've also got you know like Justin asked um, the macro picture. I don't watch a lot of it, but I know. We, the, the government just decided to pour a ton of money into solar as well, along with semiconductor chips somewhere mm-hmm. three and four hundred. Yeah, a lot of money both. And so, you know, that I pay attention to that as well. We've got a White House that's very pro um, new, you know, green energy. So you've got all that going on as well. And the stocks are t- there's huge demand. When I go through and I look at the, you know, just those stocks we've mentioned ENPH, FSLR, ARRY. That's again, that's not Grandma Tilly. Those are the stocks that Bill is showing you like this is the elephant getting into the bathtub. Um, This is what these were one of they were super strong early along with biotech. And although it's not as big of a group, it's still showing that clear strength. So if you if I didn't own any there, I'd be trying to figure out whether it be ENPH or FSLR, maybe it's a little of each. If I want solar exposure, I'm going to buy one or two, you know, maybe three of those stocks. And, you know, if I wanted 30 percent solar exposure, maybe I'm buying 10 percent of each instead of betting it all on one. Okay, and just as a reminder, Arusha has been marking up these charts and you can see that on our video version, which is at investors.com slash podcast. Uh, Ross, I really want to thank you for joining us again. Um, Very useful information on how you handle the follow through day and all of those elements both the qualitative and the quantitative. Uh, so thank you for sharing your your knowledge with us. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. And on the show next week, we are going to be welcoming uh, Omid Malakan. He's an adjunct professor at Columbia Business School, and he's the author of The Story of the Blockchain, a beginner's guide to the technology that nobody understands. So with cryptocurrency, Uh, Kind of heating up recently, it'll be really interesting to talk with him and find out his thoughts on this emerging technology. So hope you tune in for that. Thanks a lot for joining us today, and we'll see you next time. Make sure to subscribe, rate, and review our podcast if you haven't already. We'd really appreciate it. You can also send us your questions and comments to investingpodcast at investors.com. We would love to hear from you and may use your comments on an upcoming episode. This podcast is for informational and educational purposes only, and nothing should be construed as a recommendation to buy, hold, or sell any securities. Make sure to consider consulting with your financial advisor before making any investment decisions.